Yeah, wouldn't be Stan Bush without a absolutely killer guitar solo to bring us in. That is Never Give Up by Stan Bush. I'm feeling inspired. Yeah, you are. My name is Stuart. Welcome back to the Unmasked Podcast, your weekly podcast for daily well-being. Although it's weekly in yeah, in quotation quotation. Well, you can listen to it weekly, I suppose. We don't, rec- we don't some great ones. We don't record it weekly, but uh, that's fine. I am here with my good friend Jace. How are we? Good to see you again, Stu. Yeah, no Lisa today, but that's okay. Uh, she's holding down the fort wherever the fort may be. But we have a very, very special guest in uh, the room with us today. Uh, his name is David Kobler. David, how are you? Yeah, so good. So good to be with you guys. Ah, fantastic. Now, David is the director of Your Choices, which is uh, has been sharing with us uh, at Temple today and over this week. Uh, David, can you give us a little bit of a rundown? Of wait, 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 wait. Before oh. we get into that. <laughs> Sorry. There's some other important, probably commiserations to go to you because uh, the state of origin has been happening recently <laughs> and you are a New South Wales <laughs> come man. On, come on, don't bring that up. And, um, I mean, we're only three games in, but it's all over. I mean, two games in, but it's all over. We may as well be three games in. It sure. is all over. Yeah. Yep. Do you, we hosted our first state of origin game here in Adelaide, yep, uh, which went to the Maroon. Uh, is there any? Did you feel sad when you touched down, knowing that this was where the first game was lost? Well, Could you look, feel I it? feel like we're on a losing streak for a while. I don't think there's right. much hope for us in the future at the moment. We, uh, but we'll see what happens. Anything possible? This is a lot of rugby league content for. Uh, oh, and no, and we don't know anything about do you rugby know, here. Could you name two players? Uh, Wally Lewis. Sure. <laughs> there we go. And Mal Meninga. <laughs> is that? <laughs> they're from the eighties because that's that still counts. Agro from Agro's current connection used to talk about agro, like so. There you go. Wally Lewis. Wasn't he made out of a um, welcome rug or something like that? Agro. Probably. I think so. He had the morals of a welcome rug as too. Sure. It. But hey, that aside, maybe now that I've inter- oh no, that's in- fantastic. Interrupted really early. Good, really good content early on. Thanks, Jace. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Dave is a um, and we have Beck in the room as well, who is one of the presenters. She doesn't have a mic at the moment because she didn't want one, but. There you go. There is a voice there. Just taking some <laughs> just photos. To prove it. Just to, just to prove that is, I'm not lying. But uh, yes, David is the uh, uh, the director of, along with your wife Katie. Katie. Yep. Uh, or Kate is it? Katie. Katie. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, of your choices. What is your choices? We uh, we we run respectful relationship programs okay. in schools across Australia, New Zealand. Uh, you know, I guess in many regards, trying to help young people thinking about the decisions they make now, <clears throat> where it's going to lead them in the future. We're called Your Choices and. Um, you know, young people are, are really struggling today in how they navigate relationships and uh, we are wanting to just provide a non-judgmental, open conversation and, and help them think about where they're going and what decisions can help get them there. Okay, so you, you go into schools, is it primarily with schools? Yeah, secondary high schools yep, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, really just run these day workshops. Typically it's a full day uh, and uh, very like consider like a I guess a TED talk style presentation that then allows young people to break up into groups with their teachers and really unpack the content think through the decisions they're going to make um really really powerful yeah yeah cool and so and give us a little bit of a rundown so you said respectful relationships yeah that's the broad targeted sure yeah let's uh, let's 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 dive into a little bit of what that is Uh, we've had um a couple of guests here uh on the podcast we had brad a few weeks or a couple months ago uh, we've had other, you know, we've had Mandy George, psychologist, talking about relationships and conversations. But when you're talking about respectful relationships and what you guys are um, specifically speaking about in schools, yeah, um, what is what is the sort of the, the the crux of what you're talking about? Yeah, so I guess we would 
broadly so sex, dating and relationships okay. and everything that comes under those uh, those terms. And so that's everything from young people navigating, growing up in a digital age, it's sexting, it's pornography, it's consent. Um, but it's also things like love and intimacy and friendship and um, that we are relational beings as humans and it's so important. Our relationships are very much linked to our well-being and our health and our happiness. Uh, and, uh, you know, we think about all the marks that you can get in school. If your relationships really, you struggle in relationships in life, you can have the best education in the world, but you can, you can pay a big price um, yeah, yeah. for that. Um, and so really just trying to help young people. What's, what's the green lights? What are the red lights? And how do we understand the differences? Yeah. And what, what I really appreciate so much about your program, you guys really are on the cutting edge front line of what kids are actually facing and recognising that culture has shifted from, from you and I, when you and I are in high school and mm. the digital age is a, is, a big, is a big part of all of that. And so, um, you know, guys, firstly, you guys do a phenomenal job. When, as us, you know, as mentors, we sit with kids who are facing this stuff and you just hit every single thing that I want every young person to hear. And more than that, what I'd love every parent to be aware of. Um, and so, um, you know, I don't know, that I think would be a great place to start in terms of, you know, what do, what do you think parents should be aware of um, and, and young people should be aware of in yeah. this age of relationships, dating? Yeah, thank that? you. Look, I think uh, it is a different world. And I guess to begin, we, we run Brave Parenting webinars is what we call it because it takes some bravery to parent mm, kids in yeah, a digital yeah. age. And I think sometimes there's the belief that parents have got to be digital experts to raise kids in a digital world. But... They are the digital natives kids and, and we are the digital immigrants, but I don't think we actually, that's what's required. I think a lot of the time it's just the approach of empathy and understanding there are some differences, you know. Mistakes have always been made in teenage years. It's very much a, a time in life where you're trying to figure yourself out. But unfortunately for, for many young people, the mistakes can have such a bigger consequence, uh, you know, mistakes that might happen at a party that maybe happened when, when we were kids didn't have where well, they weren't recorded and yeah. then uploaded to the internet yeah. and you know our, our jobs weren't affected by something that had happened at, at school that uh, again these are just it's a different world and I think stepping in from that approach of empathy hey I know I didn't deal with what you dealt with but man I can feel for you yeah. is a good start to have them open up to us yeah, it's, I mean it's a great point and I know I mean like my first mobile phone I got when I was like 18 19 years old and it was you know, a text-based thing. We had the internet, but it was like dial-up. You know, you didn't want your parents to call. Or any, sorry, you didn't want anyone to phone in because it would cut the connection or this yeah, kind of no stuff. No internet on the phone. Snake. No yeah, internet. Well, snake was... Yeah. Uh, no, that, I was that went I, off. Yeah, I was yeah. the best in my year level, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 12 at school. Yeah, no doubt. And that's obviously where your choices have come from, your addiction to snake. Oh, 100%. And um, it's had to evolve over the years, which yeah. is important and to be relevant with the times. Definitely. But, yeah, that's right. But obviously, you know, the, so the access now, obviously... Uh, Things like pornography, relationships, sex, all this kind of stuff has always been um, prevalent and an issue and whatever. But I guess, like you said, the access to it is so much greater now and um, and the dangers with that as well. And you spoke a bit today, um, I sat in when you were speaking to some of our Year 10 boys today, um, and it is some shocking statistics about the prevalence and the access kids have to that. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean... Average access or average first exposure pornography in Australia is now about 11 years of age, which means this is really nice. having kids entering high school already exposed. And this isn't like a Playboy magazine. And that's, mm. I think, one of the challenges is sometimes parents can kind of go, oh, you know, like I, I stumbled across pornography mm. when I was a kid and I'm all good. 
And it's like, yeah, but this is this is different. We're talking about images and videos of abuse and violence and aggression and things that really kids often report freaks them out, really scares them or, or shocks them. And, and part of the shock factor is often the way that they would show someone else. Like a lot of girls' first exposure is actually boys showing them an image on a bus or something to see them get shocked or see mm. them like a bit horrified by what they've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this is, again, the importance, and I'm jumping around a little bit here, mm-hmm. but being able to come home and a child say, hey, someone showed me this or I heard this term, what does it mean? And the response being, hey, great question. Let's, let's sit down and have a conversation about it rather than what, 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 what do you, who showed you what and we're grilling them. And yeah. um, I, I know my wife, Katie, she had had a girl in year eight. She'd come home from school, said that some boys uh, from another school on the bus were talking about blowjobs. She'd asked her mum what that meant. Her mum got very angry at her. Don't, I don't want to ever hear that. That's disgusting. Where'd you hear that? Uh, and she just wanted to know. She was just like, oh, I felt uncomfortable to ask my friend. So I went into a room, opened up a laptop, typed the question in Google, was exposed to very graphic pornography. And really it was like such a shame because there was an opportunity for her mum to be that first source of education and a helpful place to go to. Yeah. But instead Google took that place. Yeah. And Google doesn't discriminate and say, this is a 25-year-old asking a question or this is a... Uh, an eleven-year-old, yep. it just just responds. Yeah, and that's a that's a um, look. Let's let's just get into that right now because that's an incredible thing, you know. And Jason and I are um, fathers, and I've got an eleven-year-old, so right at that age, um, about how we uh, effectively uh, have those conversations and start those conversations. What's a good What's a good age? How do we do that? Yep. Uh, should it be you know just the mum with the daughters or the fathers with the sons or vice versa or whatever? You know, like what, yeah. share what you yeah. Look, first of all, I think any parent who's willing to engage in it, um, I would say that's amazing. And if both parents want to, even better. Um, I think sometimes gendering it, uh, you know, dads with, with their sons, I think there can be some problems around that. I understand sometimes single parent, parent there's no option. Uh, and I've certainly seen some dads have amazing, single dads have amazing uh, conversations with both their sons and daughters and vice versa, mums with their sons and daughters. So... Uh, but I do think the first thing, and there's a model I usually give to parents called the SAFER model. We want yeah. to keep our kids safe and, and really to help make it easy to remember, it's the acronym of SAFER. So the S stands for start the conversation. And as you said, often the follow-up question is, well, when? <laughs> like yeah. When? And yeah. when do I start it? And I would say if the first exposure to pornography is 11, it definitely needs to be before 11. Sure. Uh, we need to start this as early as possible. Whatever you think is appropriate for your child, I would typically say wipe a couple of years off that and that's when you should start it. Um, I think we can start with just using correct terms for body parts. There's no, There shouldn't – got to understand – Sex is sexual in our minds because we're adults and, yeah. and, and, and sexual organs are even sexual in our minds. But for a child like this in primary school, they're not yet. It's just, just learning stuff. So yeah. to use the correct terms of body parts actually keeps them safe and means that they're approachable to talk about. Uh, and so don't be afraid. Don't use slang terms. The kids will hear them, but make sure they're using the proper terms of bodies. You know, yeah. Like a boy has a penis. Uh, a woman yep. has a vagina, a vulva, yep. um, a scrotum, testicles. These are all just parts of the body that we can use that language. And as we actually start that young, it then becomes normal and easy to say that stuff rather than, oh, that's really weird. Awesome. Even in the even in the year 10 program, you would have heard, 
that there's often a fear to say the word even penis. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like there's, or there's all the slang terms, but we've lost this ability to talk about things properly. Yeah. So starting that conversation um, as early as yep. possible and um, then is answering the questions. A stands for answer the questions openly and honestly. And so when you start it, they'll often have further questions. Uh, and I always think the best way to answer an, a question like that girl asked is, hey, fantastic question and I'm so glad you asked me mm. because – like, what do you think a kid feels when their parent, when they ask like a crazy question like that about oral sex yeah. uh, and their parent says, hey, great question, so glad you asked me. They're like, oh, wow, that actually made me feel good. I didn't feel shamed. I didn't like feel like I was made to feel like an idiot. And so because we... Because they're going to find an answer somewhere. That's right. Yeah. So it's either Google it's or us. it's us. That's and it's right. like we want to replace Google a little bit, but we've got to celebrate it. Like in, in our family, we do the sit down, have a hot chocolate, pump them with a bit of sugar, give them a bit of dopamine. Hey, this is awesome. So glad you came to us. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And really I think in answering the question, it's about just making sure that they, it makes sense to them. We're not making up some stupid thing of like, oh, you know, a fairy put it in there or like something, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The yeah. movie Storks is actually really good at explaining yeah. uh, what's, what's going yeah. on. We often refer back to the movie because that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> Inside Out have really helped Stu and I understand all of, sorts what, of psychological a lot of things. Un, and a lot of good understanding. Storks oh, yeah. is a great one though. Have you seen Storks? I haven't watched Storks yet. Oh, honestly, mate. Sorry. No, no. This is good for the, you know, for the Instagram. <laughs> Storks is one of the best kids movies going around. Okay. You'll froth for, on it. For sexual education? Uh, no, not so much, but just <laughs> okay. for, for a good just laugh. Just for fun. Just for yeah, a good okay. laugh. Okay. Sorry, yeah. answering the questions, we want to replace Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, the F is a really important one, and it's just for framing the conversation. And I think it's really important. Kids need to hear the family values. Yeah. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? Uh, and every family is going to be different. But if you, they don't hear it from you, they've got, they're only going to listen to the culture. And the culture is basically presenting this idea that hookup sex is now so incredibly normalised that pornography is just where you're going to learn about it and, hey, as long as you're like doing things safely, everything's all good. And it's like if they don't hear a different or, or, or a family value belief system, we're, we're missing an incredible opportunity. I mean, the research big study in the US had 14 to 25-year-olds interviewed uh, and, or a survey that they filled out about what the most helpful source of education was around sex. The uh, 18 to 25-year-olds said pornography was the number one most helpful source of information Jeez. around sex. But the 14 to 17-year-olds said parents. Wow. And so there is a window of opportunity that as parents we can really instill some really important stuff in the conversation uh, and uh, and we either we either take that opportunity or we leave it, and and then it makes sense that pornography steps in. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good one. And framing that conversation around the values that you have as a family, because uh, uh, you know we have these Jason and I working right in schools, and we have look uh, five hundred and fifty kids here. Well, I've got twelve hundred kids that I'm I'm sort of an oversight of. Lots of different conversations with lots of different families, and it's not always. Now, this needs to be within within some guidelines, but it's not always that uh, families are preaching the same thing that we're preaching, right? But it is as a family, you are consistent with your values and you are um, you are consistent with what you are uh, talking to your children about that. And, th- and that, so they'll really appreciate it the way that you frame that and you understand as a, you know, if you're single, that's that's all well and good. Um, but as, as a, you know, married couple and whatever it might be, that you understand what your values are around this, that you talk to your family about that. And that's going to be so much greater as you go older because you are going to get um you know you talk to a million different people you're going to get a million different values and different Definitely. different things about it we, even within 
probably especially within the Christian circles, you know what I mean? Like there's such variance about how we talk about these things now. There are obviously some guidelines within that, but um, yeah, to understand what that uh, what that is within a family framework. Yeah, and then, and ideally in our role, we want to support what families believe and mm. we don't want to be, you know, the first conversation either because um, we don't want to undermine parents. But yeah, like some somewhere, some way, mm. we're going to, we're going to, our young people are going to learn about sex or form their vision of sex and their how that all works and it can have massive drastic ongoing effects which is what you talk about as well um definitely yeah i guess we'll finish this model but there's some great stuff you brought up so we got so we got to start the conversation answer uh so that we do that early we use correct terms answer the questions we frame the conversation around our values um yep and and the e e is actually three words it's educate empower and equip and I guess I guess sometimes there I, I notice in parents there can be a fear of what their kids are exposed to and the thought of let's let's just like hide them away let's protect them uh, let's make sure they're not exposed to stuff but I mean look around you can't even drive down the road without hypersexualized content you can't turn on the radio without like unless we're literally going out living in bush we the kids are going to be exposed to this stuff and so the importance of us being a key source of education for them and in, that's why it starts with air started early you want to be the key source yeah. and it's like they're gonna they're gonna hear things from their friends they're gonna be exposed to stuff on on youtube uh they're going to be exposed to this but if they get the education from us they actually will trust their, their, uh, uh, what, what they're getting mm. and um, really research even from a South Australia, uh, University of um, uh, South Australia mm. uh, did a study in 2017 it's all about uh, it's not all about sex I think the study was called and they basically found school programs and and parents were what students were trusting most right. as, the, as their best source of education or the, or the most trusted source and so why do we want to educate in Power and Equip? Because if we don't talk about it, then we'll, then again, we're leaving it to everyone else. Yeah. And so that's becoming knowledgeable yourself. It's listening to podcasts like this. It's just making sure that we're always going to be learners and we don't need to be experts, but we can certainly listen. And it's so easy to get great content around this stuff now. Yeah. Um, and, and really, uh, again, talking about it doesn't cause them to go make poor choices if anything it does the opposite Mm. um there's some really powerful research from uh i can't remember her name off the top of my head but she wrote this book called uh, it's not all about uh oh not under my roof it's called and basically she grew up in the netherlands this lady she went over to the u.s and she looked at the difference between uh uh kids in the Netherlands and their experience of sex and relationships and, uh, compared to American teens. Yeah. Uh, what she found is American teens were more likely to have sex earlier, were more likely to end up uh, in unwanted sexual experiences, riskier versions of sex, uh, basically just negative thing after negative wow. thing. Uh, the Dutch teens had sex later. First experience was more likely to be in a loving, committed relationship uh, and, um, and uh, much safer experiences around sex. And so she was trying to understand why. And, and the key differences she found is in Dutch culture, they talked about it very openly from a very young age. It's not taboo over there. Um, it's, families would talk about this. Yeah. But the education system is also built that they talk about love from very early on. Most kids have a very comprehensive understanding of their thoughts around love before they've got into high school. Yeah, wow. So when they start talking about sex, it's actually connected to love. 
where awesome. in American culture, it's abstinence. Don't talk about it. And if we do, we'll just talk about all the risks, scare the crap out of the kids yeah, and yeah. say, if you even think about this, you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, and it meant that they actually had riskier versions. So it's like the research is pretty clear. We want to we want to be the ones that step I, in. On I mean, that. that's an incre- that's incredible to research, not only because of um, the fact that I'm Dutch and you ain't much. I was going to bring that up. You ain't much if you ain't Dutch. Um, <laughs> but uh, not under my roof. That's so... so if we can expand that a little bit, right? So, so this is about just opening up that conversation early. That you know, there is this um, uh, a stereotype of of of, the, of well, Europe, I guess, in general, but um, that they are a bit more liberal with how they discuss things and whatnot. And so, it is literally just you know that that conversation is done earlier and it's connected to love. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, like for instance, in any school, particularly when I'm talking to boys, I would ask them the words that they hear. You heard me do this today, mm. associated with sex, and they're not love. Yeah, like they're almost never love. They're actually terms that are more about violence or aggression, and 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 lack. There's no intimacy in the words that they're using. So, we are framing, particularly in a in a Western hookup society, this idea that sex is about conquest and accomplishment and a story to tell someone but not about love. I mean, yeah. making love, like that's a beautiful term to mm. use in regards to sex. We don't, when hear that, where in Dutch culture, the understanding was love first. Like let's talk about love, let's understand it. And so sex in their mind had a correlation with love, not yeah, a wow. disconnect from that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah great. Which is again, family values. Like we want to talk about what's this about? What's this for? Yeah. Um, and, and is it about love? Is it about intimacy? Is it about connection? Yeah, or even is it about shame? That's right. You know what I mean? Because so often, and growing up in Christian circles, so often it can be associated with with shame, and that yeah. and that is an incredibly destructive place to come from. Definitely. Um, and associating sex because, I, and I've known of that, you know, people that it continues to perpetuate shame going forward, even when they're in loving relationships, that it, it is something that they continually struggle with. They cannot disassociate what it was back in maybe their youth group days or. Um, whatever it was or the way they were brought up and um so yeah that's a that's a really great piece of piece of thing all right so we have starting the conversation answering the questions framing the conversations educate empower and equip yeah and the r is the icing on the cake and that's the regular conversations regular, it's right. it's like the the birds and the bees the one-off it it never worked yeah um and it certainly isn't working today and sometimes people go yeah great but they don't want to talk to me about this or I find it really hard. Uh, I think there's, there is a lot of stuff that happens around us in our society. There's things that are on the news. There's conversations happening. I mean, the big conversation around consent that happened, I mean, you had to be living under a rock to not be aware of what was happening. And you either had the opportunity to engage in it and, and talk to your kids about it or disassociate and pretend it wasn't kind of happening. And so I, I guess the regular conversations is, is actually sometimes not talking too much but actually just listening to them, asking them a question and listening to what they think and being okay that they might have some different perspectives. I always find it interesting that you can sometimes have a young person share what they say is their belief about something, but it's almost like as you listen and they're trying to explain it, it almost comes undone themselves if you just Mm. stop and listen. What do you really think about this? Why do you believe that? Where does that come from? Mm. What are are your thoughts? Um, That regular is so important. I I was thinking today, so we've we've had you guys come in for quite a few years and there's always this fantastic overflow, um, particularly for us supporting young guys with some stuff. And there's obviously an awareness created and a very strong awareness. And I think a lot of young people make in those moments in your seminar, uh, a genuine, have a genuine desire to go, wow, I really want to um, 
go about this whole thing in a very healthy way and, and you know, if they've struggled with porn, they really want to get help getting out of it. Um, but my reflection is, is obviously you you're, you pop in once a year. Yeah. Um, these guys, you know, we I think we have you to speak to our maybe year nines and tens or eights, nines and tens. And I think of, you know, the pattern that I've seen of young people kind of then maybe slide back into those over behaviors because the regular conversation for them is the worldly one. Their Instagram feeds, that's their daily dose mm. of, um, hey, this is sex, this is relationship. And, um, you know, we can't have you pop in every three weeks to kind of top everyone up. And that's why it is really important for us as parents um, and as a school, but particularly for parents to to realise the message that kids are getting daily from their peers and from social media is the opposite of the healthy um, presentation that you give them. And so this regular point I think is, um, yeah, so, so vital. Yeah. And really we, we just cannot underestimate the the part that we play. Uh, Bex, our other presenter that's here with us at the moment, she was in a school in Melbourne just the other day and a girl had come and shared uh, really some very traumatic situations that had happened with her around sex and consent and just had really struggled, hadn't told anyone. Bex was the first person that she told. And obviously that took a lot of bravery and courage, but the response from Bex was, who can we, who can we get to help you? Because I'm here today, but I get yeah. on a plane tomorrow and I, I would love to, but I can't, I can't support you on an ongoing basis, but yep. I'll tell you who can, your mum. Yeah. So how about we put a letter together and you can give this letter to your mum and we can actually get the conversation starting. And mm. this girl left the day... Uh, saying, yep, I'm going home to have the conversation. And and the thought of that conversation happening, it would have been confronting, it would have been really hard, but her mum can help her do the journey moving forward. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying Mm. to start that conversation. Hey, we can talk about this, reach out to the helpers, and there's helpers around. Um, It's so sad how many people feel like there's no one there, and there is. There's people there. There's there's, there's teachers, there's counsellors, there's youth workers, there's parents, there's, there's family. Yep. Uh, we've just got to um, encourage them. Hey, it's brave, it's courageous, let's do this. Yeah. And yep. let's, let's be the soft, I always think, be the soft pillow to land on, not the brick wall. Absolutely. Um, we we want to be a safe place to land. Yeah, and it's, um, I suppose, how do we have that conversation or how do we open, or maybe just actually a better way to think about it, what are some of the things that we can do um, or some of the things that parents can do to to help uh, help our kids and our teenagers dealing with um, maybe some pornography uh, addiction or even just exposure to that or some things that are going on in that world. Yeah. Um, so, look, if you uh, have never talked to your kids about this, you've got young kids, like my, my eldest is 12 and uh, my other two are younger than that. Uh, a book that we did with our kids that we found really easy and great to do was called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Um, really just easy because you're kind of reading along together, um, helps them really have some understanding about what it is, how it works, how it affects their brain. Um, and so we found that really good to, to kind of, I guess, initiate that conversation um, there. What was the rest of your question? Well, just some tips that we have around with, with um, when we're talking with our teenagers or with our, um, young people yep. about uh, like putting some guidelines in place. Oh, yeah, or okay. maybe, yep. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm no, no, trying right. to thought again. I guess even, um, you know, response is so important. Um, yeah. Obviously for a parent, um, I know, um, yeah, a lot of parents can react emotionally Definitely. very differently to these things. And, um, you know, from addiction psychology like shame keeps people in addiction because it keeps things hidden it keeps the spiral and cycle of addiction going and so as parents we do need to check ourselves in terms of like are we 
Are we angry at someone who, um, you know, on a device that we've provided for them um, without any good guidelines, without a conversation, have access pornography? Mm. Or are we grateful that maybe there's an opportunity to help educate and and hopefully steer them into more life-giving choices um i think that's really really important um quite often we use the analogy like it's interesting in this society um we're very protective of our kids kind of wandering the streets at night or just going to the city on their own we want to be really safe but we let them walk the walls of or the halls of the internet where there are so many more predators and things um completely free like they're, and they're going to get more exposed to things you know you don't want your kids just wandering the streets either but wow we really let them wander the streets of the internet yeah. which are so dangerous um and there's so much exposure and yeah so these conversations to be safe and to become be able to yeah be a soft landing um that is so vital yeah we've, yeah. we've metaphorically dropped this generation off in the red light district and expected them not to get in any trouble yeah, <laughs> what do we think was going to happen yeah, of course yeah. of course they were going to and i think uh, i remember a parent who'd called us up her son at 11 had stumbled across pornography on his ipod that this mum had given him for christmas didn't know it could kind of jump onto the internet like that uh come in very upset very angry when she'd seen and grabbed his ipod and threw it against the wall and broke into a hundred pieces and she kind of called us and was like no i didn't respond right but what do i do and and our advice was just hey like go back into his room number one apologize to him just say you're so sorry that that he found himself looking at this and it shouldn't have been that way it wasn't fair um, and you, you, you're going to be there to support him. And so she said, I took her advice and she called us back afterwards and she said, I put my arm around him and I just said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry that happened and never, never should have happened for you. And she said he just started to sob like I'd never seen him sob before right. and he finally stopped crying and the first words he said to his mum was, Mum, I'm so glad you found out. I just, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. And he's just a little boy that got stuck and he needed the support of his mum. Yeah. And we want to be that person that will understand this is tricky for them. If we say this is disgusting, this is filthy, why are you looking at stuff? As you said, shame is what they feel and shame just, just causes the cycle to deepen. And so really he saw his device smashed as a ticket out Probably wasn't the best response in throwing it against the room, but certainly, uh, you know, I call it the 10 p.m. trap. Kids do not do well late at night on devices. I mean, every parenting expert says it, but we've got to get devices out of bedroom. Self-hatred, body shaming, sexting pressure, uh, even suicidal tendencies, pornography exposure. It is just not the time of night for mm. kids to be on devices. I always say, go get an old school alarm clock. Spend the 15, 20 bucks because they'll say they need it for their alarm. Uh, watch the way that their sleep starts to improve. Honestly, even their grades at school will start to pick up. Um, teachers see this all the time. Kids falling asleep in day, like period one. What's yeah. going on? I was online gaming until 3 a.m. or I was yep. finding myself just endlessly scrolling. Uh, I, was in, I was in the dopamine addiction. Uh, and so we've got to sometimes be parents, not their best friends. Mm. And uh, that's hard. I, I get that as a parent myself, but we want to, we want to help our kids. Yeah. And you did share some, um, and this is a great thing about your, um, what you guys present is it, is it's all the latest research and it's studies and st like statistics. This isn't just like, Oh, we've just got a specific view on sex and relationships that we want to push on people. It's like, Hey, this is from you know mental health and psychology and, and every reason for what's healthy uh, I think one of the alarming stats is the exposure to pornography statistically in terms of, um, I think, was it a study 
like year 10 type kids, how many yeah. of them had been exposed, males and females? Yeah, so University of Sydney, uh, 2018 study, seven independent schools, um, all year 10 students, co-ed and single-gendered schools, basically trying to find out uh, if student watches pornography monthly or more, how do they compare to the students who watch less pornography or don't watch it at all? Uh, they found 70% of guys in year 10 were found to be watching pornography monthly or more. Uh, 21% of girls in year 10 were found to be watching pornography monthly or more. One of the key findings is the more they watch pornography, the more likely they were to uh, sexually objectify women. Mm. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we think about that in a metaphorical lens, but when they do brain scans of people watching pornography, they look at the person on the screen and the way the brain is interpreting it is literally like an object. Mm. So it's it's not metaphorical, it's literally interpreting the person on the screen, which, which then you think about kids that are sending nudes or have received a nude from someone, their brain's been trained to, cons- to see it as an object. And then you think of the lack of empathy can then sometimes happen in this situation where someone's circulating an image of someone and they're seeing it as an object to circulate not a person with thoughts, feelings, emotions, dignity, value and worth. It's, mm. it's is problematic um, and, and we do have to realise this is a big issue um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and we see that play out on the ground here and I guess that's, you know, one of the things hopefully that, um, you know, sometimes we can assume or when, you know, we go to church, we're in a Christian family, we are, we've, we've done our best to protect things but, yeah, those stats are pretty high and they probably wouldn't be much different to, you know, at least anecdotally, what we would see as far as young people um, asking for help or, you know, what we hear and things sharing. And then the follow-on for that in terms of, yeah, young young women in particular coming in and um, devastated because I've heard or they've sat in assembly and listened to guys, you know, giving scores as as females go up to receive an award or something along those, those lines, um, really objectifying them. And they hear this and comments are made about bodies and body parts, um, and it's, it's devastating, yeah. really. And and uh, you made the um, comment um, earlier today about like comments made, and and it's and you know the correlation between it's a pretty big red flag that there's been exposure to pornography when these sort of comments are being made that are, are quite um, I guess next level yeah. um, sexualizing and derogatory. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that the girls know this. Like when we share that same research with the girls, they. They responded, yeah, we know. Don't talk to us about it. Go talk to the boys. They're the ones that are objectifying us. Mm. The crazy thing for the girls is, though, the research, and he, uh, Marshall Ballantyne Jones, the researcher, he really didn't expect this, but he said he found the girls got the, exactly the same responses. Like, it was affecting them exactly the same way as the guys. He thought it would affect them differently. So they were objectifying themselves wow. as well as their same-sex peers. So even for, like, uh, like a teenage girl who finds herself being exposed to this stuff, she's objectifying the other girls the same way as the guys yeah. are. And it's like, oh, man, this is just – this is so sad. Yeah. yeah. Can I just give a little bit of um, – in the, when we have these conversations I – mean, there's a great – you know, sunlight is a great disinfectant, right? So bringing – being able to have these conversations with, you know, with your um, young people or with your parents or with friends or whatever it might be is super important, Right. But the first conversation is is never easy. No. Okay. So, and that comes from a parent. It goes to the parents, but it also goes to the young person as well. If you want to have that conversation with your um, with your parents about you want some help with this, or with a mentor or a counselor, whoever it might be, or you want to have this conversation with some close friends who can keep each other accountable. That first conversation is don't don't expect. Oh yeah, cool, sweet. We'll just have this quick chat about pornography with my parents, and it'll be all sweet. Or yeah. I'll have this quick conversation with my kids. It's going to be difficult. 
they're not going to want to engage, but it is important to open up that dialogue, like you said, early. But if it's not been done early, to still have that dialogue open, right? Um, and I've told this story a bunch of times in different settings, but um, very early on in my um, church, there was a, a, a me and three other mates who we um, – and, you know, our exposure to pornography was much less than it is now, as we've discussed already. Um, but we, we really had kept each other accountable and we had regular conversations about this. And to this day, and this is uh, whatever it is, 25 years ago, um, to this day we still have these conversations with each other and we're still in contact and still able to keep each other accountable. Obviously it looks different, we're families and stuff like that, but it's you know being males in this world, it's something that you're always going to have to check up on. Um, but if we didn't do that back in that day, have these awkward conversations, um, have this initial stuff, um, it might not have been something that's been able to serve us really well um, going through. The, and we're all married, we've all got kids, I'm not saying that everything's perfect, but it's been something that's been fantastic for us. So just wanted to sort of put that as, as an encouragement and I guess a warning, but like it's fine. Like it's going to be a hard conversation, right? But I'm sweaty. He's weak. Yeah, mom's that's heavy. right. All of it. Some spaghetti in there as well. <laughs> mum's spaghetti, mom's, get it on. Yeah, mum's spaghetti's involved somehow. Yeah. Um, but the, the benefit as well with this and, and what you've touched on is I, I enjoyed the, the triangle that you put up of healthy relationships and that vulnerability mm, yeah. um, lens. Like, you know, this will enhance your relationship if there's vulnerability. Um, what were the other two lines of that diagram? Yeah, so positivity was like what presented as almost like the foundation. Five to one ratio, five positive to one negative and just the importance of helping I guess our kids think about what is their relationships like I mean some kids come home and their closest friends is just it's, they're miserable mm. I saw this in, in my own daughter particularly just to chosen some friends that weren't really being kind to her and it really affected her uh, and then to find friends where she could be kind to them and they were kind to her. it's not a perfect friendship there's no such thing but Jesus changed the way that she was as a person. And so kindness and, and, and being positive is so important. And then the other one was just consistency. Uh, and consistency is super important. It's where we build trust. It's that important of the days, the weeks, the months, the years that are logged together. That's where we really start to know who a person is. But I'd kind of said that sometimes we stop there. We spend a lot of time with someone, we have fun, and we don't get to that third level, which isn't for everyone. Uh, it's like it's the key relationships, but vulnerability is super super important and, and that's why we want to make sure when our kids are vulnerable with us we really praise them we we use language that's so brave that's so courageous i'm so glad you came to me we really celebrate it um uh, because uh and i think when you go back to that conversation of like how do we start that conversation if it's if it feels awkward sometimes you just got to say hey this is really awkward and yeah. i i'm so sorry i didn't have this with you earlier but I think back to when I was your age and I wish some things had been said to me that never were and so you're gonna have it's like if you like someone it's scary to tell them Mm. right that first thing is scary it's the same with your kids it's scary to enter this but as you do then it gets easier yeah like you've been you've been in a relationship with someone for a year it's not hard to tell them how you feel but it is at the start Uh, and I think it's the same with talking about this it's not hard for me to talk about this because I talk about every day but it's only from talking about a lot that it gets easier and it's the same with your kids. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you being able to come and Beck as well uh, to come and to share with us um, today and over the, over the week but also share some of your insight um, and your research and um, your passion as well. We really appreciate that. Once again, as we really we have in these all these conversations is reach out to – that trusted person in your in your life now. Hopefully, it is you've got that relationship with your parents, or um, that you can have that 
But um, but if there is a, a mentor or a counselor or something like that that you can reach out to and uh, maybe help you help guide that if there's something that you're struggling with um, as a teenager or whatever, um, but as an adult as well, you can feel free to have those conversations with trusted friends and trusted people in your life. And you guys have some resources like online and some kind of guide, like um, so where, where would people find or make contact with you or be able to access some of those things? Yeah, you can just go to our website, Your Choices, spelt with a Z at the end. So it's uh, cool. Yep. The kids Keeping love it. Keeping it cool. They yep. love it. How does that go with your sort of your SEO and the website? Well, that's why it's Zed. No one, no one else Oh, there we it. go. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't was, know what that means. Uh, sorry, it was well thought out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, .com.au and yeah, yeah, there's a parent part of the page and awesome. there's a contact us form. So, Can I just offer a positive to you as well, Stu, in this, in this triangle of Here relationships? We go. We've gone now for 40 minutes and not once have you mentioned CrossFit. Like, well done. <laughs> Oh, yeah, wow. we've done that one. But like, so forty minutes. We've got another forty minutes to go for okay. me just to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk I about. Bring it. I never bring it up. Course I not. never bring it up. Of course <laughs> not. You got the you got you got the Dutch part. We, we, in there, we've just, satisfied the Dutch side of it. Yeah, you're good. So you're good. Ego good. was stroked. You're good. You didn't we'll get to flex we'll, anything. Else. We'll get some droppies and some salted licorice later on to celebrate. Oh, I want that Dutch salted licorice. Have by you had the Dutch way? licorice no, before? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll try some though. If you've I'll, got bring, it. I'll bring some for you tomorrow. Um, real delicacy. A lot better than potatoes, Beck. So, is there a Dutch potato? A little personal joke. Okay. Don't worry about it, Jace. Okay. Because I'm Irish and potatoes is oh. Very so strong, you know, very strong. Cool. Back up, back well, up. thank you very much for thanks coming for and um, thanks very much for listening. I've been Stuart, this has been Jace, this has been Stan Bush. That's all I needed to make sure we gave credit to. Yeah. Stan Bush. <laughs> thanks, guys. Keeping him relevant. <laughs> <laughs>